All right, this is called Adam and Eve. A little girl asked her mother, how did the human race appear? The mother answered, well, God made Adam and Eve, and then they had children, and so all mankind was made. Two days later, the little girl asked her father the same question. The father answered, well, many years ago, there were monkeys from which the human race evolved. The confused little girl returned to her mother and said, Mom, how is it possible that you told me the human race was created by God and Dad said they developed from monkeys? The mother answered, well, dear, it's very simple. I told you about my side of the family. <laughs> and your father told you about his. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> well, it's great to laugh. Amen? Praise the Lord. How many of you know at Calvary Cathedral International, we have services on Sunday night? And, and I'll have the privilege of uh, ministering tonight. And I want, want to encourage you to come, and not only come, but to bring someone, because we're going to lay hands on everyone that wants hands laid on them. We're going to pray for everyone, and we're going to have an awesome time. God, we're going to stir up the prophetic and give the gifts and uh, the power of God. We're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders, and so uh, you come tonight. Turn your Bibles to uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And I want to honor uh, the angels of this house, Pastor Bob and Sister Joy, and just thank God for their what they mean to us. And um, we, we literally would not be where we are today without, without them pouring into us, loving us, caring for us, and, and believing in us. So it's great to be here. And, you know, just, I told Mark, I said, he said, can I do anything for you? I pray for me that I'll have the right things to say. I want to bless, bless the house. And uh, he said, you will, the anointing's here. So I, I believe that. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God, let's just read it together. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And I want to just talk to you this morning about faith is your victory. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, faith is your victory. Um, whoever, whoever is born of God, how many of you are born of God? If you're born again, if you're not sure about your relationship with God, we'll give you an opportunity to make, make sure before the service is over. But whoever is born of God has the capacity to overcome the world. The means of our victory over the world is our faith. Yeah? God's will for you is victory. Say, God has victory for me. Well, victory over what? Anything in the world that is opposing, opposing you, opposing the will of God, or opposing the promise from God's Word to you. You have victory over anything that opposes you that's in the world, or opposes the, the promise of God. How many of you have a promise of God that God has given you? Yeah? How many of you ever prayed a prayer 
that you got, you saw it was in the Word, and then, and then yet it hasn't fully manifested yet. Well, Jesus, how many of you believe Jesus gets His prayers answered? Jesus prayed a prayer in John 17 that is yet to be answered. Did you know that? Fully. He prayed a prayer that you and I would be one. <laughs> that the body of Christ would be one. How many of you know it's going to happen? But it hasn't happened yet. And that's a 2,000 year old prayer. So there are things many times that God shows us, we get from His Word, He promises us, it's the will of God, it's the Word of God to us, but the, but the world opposes it. Their circumstances, their people, their uh, demonic activity that opposes that. The means to victory in that situation is your faith. Amen? The victory is not automatic. It's not just going to fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. You have victory. Victory's promised you, but it's not going to happen automatically. Jesus paid the price for all of our sins. Sin's not a problem anymore. That doesn't keep our sins, don't keep us from, from uh, becoming born again, having a home in heaven, but you know, our, whether we believe on Jesus does. And so you don't enter into it. You don't enter into what God has provided for you at the cross without your faith. Yeah? It's by grace, by grace through faith that we're saved and by grace through faith we receive everything else that, that, God, that God has provided. Faith is a victory. It's a vic that's our victory. Our faith, my faith, your faith, releases God into every situation that, that, that seems to be defeated that seems to oppose the will of God for your life. Does anybody here have God's word or promise on something and something else? You've got God's word or promise over here and something else in the world seems to be opposing that. Well, your victory over that thing that's opposing that is your faith. Amen? Your faith will bring you the victory. God, by His grace, has provided us with everything we need in this life and the life to come. And our, our responsibility is simply to believe. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I want to read this verse to you. We, we, we're only going to go as far in the kingdom as we believe for. You're only going as far in the kingdom as what you believe. You know, there's a whole lot, of, every graveyard is, is filled with unfulfilled potential. And, and there, there are people that God had promises for, God had purpose for, God, God had destiny for, and they didn't fulfill it because they didn't respond in faith. I understand we're a faith church. I understand we believe in, in the word of faith, and we believe that but I'm telling you guys that your victory, your victory is connected to your response of faith. And God's looking in us, for each of us, a response of faith. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, let's, let's read that together. But without faith, let's read it together. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder, of those who diligently seek Him. <clears throat> faith pleases God. 
In fact, you can't please God without faith. So, do you think this is important? I, I, I want to, how many of you want to please God? Now, now here's the deal. God chose, God chose to use faith in dealing with you and me. In other words, He chose to be invisible to us. He could have chosen some other way, but He chose to be invisible. Well, certainly when Jesus came to the earth, then He clothed Himself in a body so he could make himself visible but then since then I mean if you weren't living then uh, well those guys most of them weren't in faith anyway even though he was there I mean God been God had been promising a savior for years and years and years and years and he shows up and they see him and they still didn't believe there's a lot of people just like that well you show me no Man, if, if they see it, they just still don't believe. Faith is not based on what we see. And it pleased God to be available to man by faith instead of sight. Now you've got to get this. You don't come into the kingdom, you don't get born again, and you don't receive anything else from God except by faith. In other words, you believe it before you see it. You're not going to receive from God waiting for God to show you something. You believe and then you see. You believe and then it manifests. That's the way God works. He chose to provide everything by His grace, but you, you see it in His Word, but you don't see it in the natural until you believe it. How many of you are saved? How many of you believe in heaven? How many believe you're going there? Have you ever seen it? How many of you believe your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? You believe that? Well, wait a minute, lift your hand high. Wave at me. You believe your name is written in the Lamb book, Lamb's book of life? You believe you're, you, you're basing your eternal security on something? You've never seen the book. You're crazy. You're nuts. What's wrong with you? Your eternal security. My God, your eternal, your very eternal security forever. You, you're believing you're going to heaven. You're, you're believing, you're believing your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. You've never seen the book. You've never been to the city. And you believe you're going there? How can you believe that? By faith. God said it. He chose to reveal Himself to us in invisible form. Then when we believe it, when we embrace it, not up here, down here, then it manifests out here. Amen? That's the way the kingdom works. That's the way we get eternal life. He that, look at it again. Hebrews eleven six, But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. How many of you want to please Him? You cannot please Him without faith. What does that mean? I have to believe, keep the verse up there. I have to believe what I can't see before I'll see it. 
I embrace it. See, this is my victory. This is how I get victory. But now here's where it starts. You've got to believe He is. All right, have you ever seen Him in the flesh? You weren't there walking with the disciples, so have you ever seen Him? I don't mean in your mind's eye or in a vision. I'm talking about have you ever seen Him walk before you in the flesh? Well, there may be a few instances of people that have, but how, how many of you have not seen God and yet you believe Him? See, that pleases Him. That honors Him. And you start your walk in the kingdom by faith. You believe in a God you've never seen. You believe you're going to a place you've never been. And anybody who has gone there, uh, very, there's a few that have gone there, you know, and come back and told us about it, but most of them you think they're kind of nutcases anyway. And so you don't, you know, but I mean, that, but nobody could actually take you there. And yet you believe you're going there. You're very eternal security. I'm not just talking about a few days. I'm talking about forever. You're basing on the fact that you believe something you can't see. But now watch, watch. He, he, he who believes, he who, who comes to God must first of all believe He is. I mean, is that settled? Do you believe that? You're born again because of that, right? Well now, then the second thing is you believe that He's a rewarder. I mean, what's he saying? Look, if you can believe me for your eternal security, what's the big deal about believing for some temporary things? That I, that I can reward you in this life. How's that going to happen? Have you ever prayed for something in this life that you needed? Have you ever prayed for anything in this life that you needed? Okay, how are you going to receive it? What is your victory over the opposition to that? It's your faith. You must believe first before you ever see it. It's not going to manifest till you believe it. Now, I'm all about laying on of hands. I'm all about, I mean, we're going to do that tonight. I'm all about, you know, but a lot of people, they're asking other people to pray. I, I, in fact, I believe in, I believe in prayer. How many of you believe in prayer? But there are some people who call the prayer tower who are trying to, who are trying to offload their faith responsibility on someone else. I'm not making light of prayer tower. We need it. We need to be agreeing with others. And, he, and God, look, God will even have mercy on those who do, uh, who, those immature ones who offload. But look, God's best is He wants us to believe. Get someone else to agree with you, that's good. But I'm not going to ask somebody to believe for me. Amen? Believing there's a God is where the kingdom, when we can't see Him, is where the kingdom starts. You believe in heaven, you've never seen it. It takes, belief, takes faith to believe in a place you haven't seen yet. And you're already out on a limb in faith when you believe God that you cannot see. You believed in a God you cannot see and trusted in a Savior and the, and the blood of His cross that you've never seen. For yourself, You're already out on the limb. Are you with me? Look. <laughs> For your very salvation and eternal security, you believed in a cross you've never seen, the blood that was shed that you never saw, a Savior that died on your behalf you haven't seen, a heaven you haven't seen, a God you've not seen. You're already out on a faith limb, man. What is the big deal about a few temporary things? Come on. We started this thing by faith and we're going to finish it by faith. Faith is our victory. 
It's what, it's what translated us out of darkness into light, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. And it's, what, it's the means by which we receive everything else that we need in life. And it's not happening any other way. And I understand you know a little bit about faith. You've been taught that a lot here. But I'm telling you, we, sometimes we need refresher. We need a faith refresher. What's, if, if we can believe in our, very, our salvation and our very eternal security by believing in a God that we've never seen and a Savior that, that's made a sacrifice we never, we, we never saw, where He shed blood that we never, we never saw, we, and a heaven that we're going to go to that we've never seen, our name's written in a book that, that when they open the book, you better, you, your name better be there. In fact, God by faith, I just want you to know this, God by faith writes everyone's book name in that book because He talks about you, that your name not be blotted out. How does it get blotted out? Well, when you die and you haven't received, opened your heart to Jesus. It's not by your works. It's not, by, it's not the Santa Claus syndrome. <laughs> better watch out. <laughs> better not cry. You better, better be nice. I'm telling you why. No, man, it's not that at all. It's, it's, not, it's not your good works, your bad works. It's, it's did you open your heart to Jesus? Now, God, by faith, wrote your name in that book. But how many of you believe your name's in the book? How many of you believe you're going to heaven? And it all started, how, how did it happen? You had to believe. That's how it happened. So I, I want to submit to you. What is the big deal about other things? And I hear Christians crying and whining and moaning and belly aching and, oh my God, I can't. You know, and it's just a temporary deal. And the enemy comes in to oppose and fight you and even cause doubts in you about your eternal security when your whole life with God started by you, by your faith, you believing in, in a God you can't see. Look at Romans 8, verse 32. If you can believe in all, in all your eternal security, is based on a, in a God you can't see and a Savior that's made a sacrifice you've never seen. What's the problem believing He's a rewarder of some temporal blessing before you ever see the reward? Romans 8.32 He who did not spare His own Son but delivered Him up for us all. How many of you know He did that? And that's how you got saved. Keep the verse up there. That's how you got saved. He didn't spare His own Son. He delivered Him up for us all. How? Shall he not with him, with that, with that sacrifice that gave you and I eternal life, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things in this life, even the temporary things? Yeah. That's what he meant in the same, it's just a, it's a companion verse to uh, Hebrews 11.6 that God is, you've got to believe that God is and that he is a... That's the, that's the freely giving us all things with Him. Believing God is, is believing that He delivered up His own Son for you, for you to have eternal life, for your name to be written in the Lamb's book of life, for you to go to heaven. But then He is uh, also a rewarder. Yeah. 
Say that. God's my rewarder. And He'll freely give me all things. But how do they come to you? By faith. By faith. Faith is your victory, guys. In every trial, in every storm of life. What does that mean? Whenever the world opposes you, whenever the devil throws a kitchen sink at you. And what God is looking for in His people is a response of faith. When the kitchen sink gets thrown at you, when, when your world gets turned upside down, when your circumstances, you know, the enemy pulls the rug out from under you, or people do, or something happens that just, you know, you were just minding your own business, serving God, giving, sowing, blessing in the body of Christ here at Calvary Cathedral International. I'm just minding my own business, loving God, serving God, helping to reach the world, doing all kinds of helping Pastor uh, and, and, and Mark and the staff here do what God's put in their heart. I'm just minding my own business, loving God, serving God. Listen, you, when you make that step, you are dangerous to the enemy. And he will throw the kitchen sink at you. He will oppose you. And your victory when the enemy opposes you, the world opposes you, people oppose you, is the same thing that got you into the kingdom. It's your faith. And we need to stop whining and crying about, you know, things that happen that we don't understand. And, and not think it, you know, this trial you're going through, some strange thing. Don't think it a strange thing. The devil just woke up and realized you are dangerous to him. And he's going to have to try to hinder you some, delay your promise some, create problems for you some, and try to get you off your faith. Try to get you murmuring, complaining, upset at someone else. If he can get you upset at someone else, mad at God, you know, complaining, murmuring, in other words, out of faith, then he has the victory that you already have. He steals the victory that you've got. No, in the midst of anything the enemy throws your way, my response, your response that's going to put me over is what got me into the kingdom. What got you into the kingdom is my response of faith. What does God say about it? Not what I see. Come on, guys. I mean, I understand this is simple, but it's so simple, we're missing it. <laughs> How do I know? I hadn't talked to Pastor Mark about this, but I know. Because I pastored for a long time. You pastor 27 years and 24 in one place. And, and, and you see these things. And so it's not when everything's going well. It's when the storms hit. Amen? Now, I want you to look at Luke chapter 8. We're going to read verse 22 through 25. And this, this passage is a picture of what happens to many, many of us many times when we receive a word or a promise from Jesus, the word, this is exactly what happens. Luke chapter 8 and, and verse 22. 
Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. Now stop right there a second. Okay, what, what did he say to them? Did they have his promise that they were going to the other side? Was that his word to them? Was that his promise to them? Is God, can God lie? No. So where are they going? If they get in the boat with him, where are they going? What was his word to them? Let us cross over to the other side. Now go to the next verse. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. Now Mark has been uh, preaching about peace. And let me tell you something. What was it that caused Jesus to fall asleep when he knew a storm was coming? He had calm in his soul. And remember, what was it? It, it, tell, it doesn't tell us here in, this, in these verses, but in Mark, it tell, what was it when, it when he rebuked the wind and waves when a storm came? What was it, what was it that he said? Peace, be still. Listen, what was it that gave him the strength over? It was, it was the peace that was in his soul, that, caught, that in his soul first, that calmed the circumstances around him. Amen? But now he was asleep. And a, and a windstorm came down on, down on the lake and they were, fill, they were filling with water. And watch this. What does the Bible say they were in? What does the Bible say? They, what kind of condition were they in? They were, da- they were in danger. The Bible says they were in danger. So this was no small storm. And this was no small problem. Go on to the next verse. And they came to him and woke him. And said, Master, Master, you told us we're going to the other side, and bless God, we are going to the other side. Is that what they said? (laughs) Master, Master, I know you've spoken to the wind and waves, and so we're going to get up and speak to the wind and waves. Is that what they said? (laughs) Master, Master, you cast out devils, you heal the sick. If you can do that, Look, if, if we do sink, we walk on water. That's what they said, right? You said we're going to the other side. It doesn't matter if we sink. Our boat's filled with water. The, even the Bible said we're in jeopardy or danger. It matters not. You said we're going to the other side. Did they say any of that? What did they say? These faith champions as they were we're perishing he arose and rebuked the wind and raging water and they ceased and there was a calm Jesus word to them let's go to the other side let me ask you a question what's his word to you his word to them let's go to the other side What happened to them on the way to the other side? On the way to their promised land that Jesus spoke to them? What happened? What happened? A bad storm. They ran into a huge storm. The Bible says it was life-threatening. They were in danger, the Bible says. They responded to Jesus. Listen, here's the deal. They responded to Jesus to get into the boat even though their experience 
as, as, as professional fishermen, told them, how many of you know, they, prop, they almost certainly knew there was a storm brewing. But yet, they were committed enough to Jesus to get in the boat. But look, commitment to Jesus is not enough to get you through your storm. We need commitment to Jesus. Commitment to Jesus will get you eternal security. It gets you in the boat, but it's not going to get you to the other side. He asked them the question, where is your faith? Where's your faith? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Did you see it? Look at it again. What verse is that? Verse 25. And he said to them, what did he, what did he ask them? Where's your faith? Well, what do you mean, Jesus? Man, my God, what do you expect? I mean, we, comm- we knew there was a storm brewing. You asked us to get in the boat. We got in the boat. Bless God, we're in the boat. What else do you expect? My God. Look, guys, it's not all going to be roses. You get in a boat with Jesus, you're going to, listen, and He speaks to you to do some things. It's, it's not going to be without opposition. The world will throw opposition at you, and the way you get victory over the world is by your faith. The same way you got into, into the boat, you had faith for your eternal security, it's going to take faith to get you to the other side. Calvary Cathedral International, I'm asking you the question, where's your faith? If the pastor and leaders say, you know, if the the Holy Ghost says through Wayne, it's enough. It's time. You wouldn't put up with this in your house. Then, Then where's our faith? Well, yeah, man, I mean, I'm committed to this deal, but... $500,000, my God, I mean, you know, that's a big financial storm. That could take us under. What if we start and we don't finish? My God, I don't have... I don't, I don't have 500 grand. Do you have 500 grand? No, I don't. Do you? He's not asking for that. He's asking, where is your faith? Do you have faith? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Look at your neighbor say, he's talking to you. In the midst of the storm, when their boat was filling with water, even the Bible says that they were in danger, their response changed from, we're going to the other side, to no, now, you know, we're perishing. (laughs) Why, Why did Jesus ask them, when they said we're perishing, why did he ask them, where's your faith? Because their faith is what will bring them the victory eventually after he leaves and he's trying to put a mark on their, in their minds that guys, the thing that got you into the kingdom is what's going to bring you victory in every situation in your life. Why is he rebuking them? I mean, you, you could have mercy on the guys. Couldn't you? Couldn't you have a little compassion? Couldn't you have a little sympathy, Jesus? He rebuked them. Hey, at least the guy's got in a boat. And he rebukes them because they're saying, 
Instead of saying, you said we're going to the other side and I don't care if we sink, this boat's going to carry us over. We're getting to the other side. They didn't say that, did they? What'd they say? See, the doctor comes to you and tells you, gives you the C word. Or you get a friendly letter from the IRS. Or you get a pink slip at work. Or, you know, something else happens and it just, you're, you know, you're, you know, you have some relational problem with your children and your, your, your feet are where your head was last. I'm not making light of the circumstance you're going through, but here's what I'm telling you. What Jesus is looking for is a response of faith. He's look, what pleases God is when circumstances and the world oppose what God put in your heart. Well, He's spoken to you. He is looking for a response in us of faith. The same response that, that got us eternal security and we haven't yet seen that city yet. We haven't yet seen the book our name's written in. And yet we can believe for that and then we squall like little babies when some temporary storm hits. I mean, come on, guys. We're in the boat. I said we're in the boat. Man, but just because you're in the boat with Jesus is not going to automatically get you to the other side. You've got to respond in faith. What does that mean? I, no matter what I see with my natural eyes, no matter what I feel, taste, smell, hear, I'm saying what God says about that situation. If He said I'm going to the other side, bless God, we're going to the other side. Amen? Where's your faith? I said, where's your faith? If faith pleases God, what does unbelief do? Amen? And so, you know, so they're telling him, you know, we're perishing. So, so you know, Jesus, is, Jesus, I'm sure, thought something like this. You mean after all we've been through together, you see me walk right through the midst of people trying to stone me, all kinds of problems, all kinds of difficulties, and you've watched me multiply the loaves and fish, you've watched me do all kinds of things just because I believe God after all that, and you're telling me now we're going to die? I don't think so. <laughs> Amen? I mean, God's brought you, man, He delivered you out of drugs. He, he brought you out of, a, out of a, you know, sinful lifestyle. He brought you out of all kinds of hell. He brought you out of all kinds of difficulty. He brought you into the kingdom of His dear, dear Son, brought you into this wonderful church. And you're telling me now, because you get a letter from somebody, or you, you get a report from a doctor that God died and you're, and you're perishing? I don't think so. In fact, I know more than that. I know so. That's not going to happen. But God is looking. His eyes are running to and fro, looking for somebody who has a response of faith. Can I get a witness? No. 
We're not all going to die now, but you need to know it not only takes faith to get in the boat with Jesus, it also takes faith to get to the other side. The disciples were dedicated and committed enough to get in the boat, and each of us, like those disciples, have committed to get in the boat with Jesus and follow Him when we're born again, right? We're going to heaven, right? We're going to get to the other side eternally, right? We'll actually see the city. I'll meet my dad there. Janice will meet her dad there. I'll, I'll meet my brother there. We're gonna, we're, man, it's going to be a great family reunion. And I can believe that. And then, and then I ball and squall and fall apart like Andrew Womack says, like a $2 suitcase when, when I got a little storm, a temporary storm. Are you listening to me? We must also learn to respond to the storms we face in life by speaking the word when it looks like it's over. <laughs> Let me say that again. We must also learn not only to respond in faith that we're going to heaven and we've got our names written in the Lamb's book of life, but we've got to learn to respond to the storms of life uh, not like little babies but mature men and women of God who want to please God. Respond to the storms we face by speaking the word when it looks like it's over. The Apostle Paul in, in Acts 27, 25. Remember, they were on the, man, they were, they, he told them, he had, a, he had a word of wisdom. Man, this is going to be, a, there's going to be a great storm. I perceive it's going to be with much harm. And he said, y'all don't go. But they went. They didn't listen. And he's in there in the middle of that storm. I think, what was it, 14 days. They're in this storm. And man, they're fasting. They're, 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 all, hope was, all hope was gone. And so in Acts 27, 25, he responded. He said, therefore, take heart, men, for I, what? In the midst of a 14-day storm that looked like all hope was gone, I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told me. Don't let the wind and the waves, the storm tell you that you can't do what God tells you to do. God loves to find faith in His people. Amen. And you know, He'll even respond in different ways to people according to their faith. Woman with the issue of blood, she got healed because she said, if I touch the hem of His garment, the centurion servant got healed. Jesus just speaking the word because that's where His faith was. The Jairus said, if you come and lay your hands on my daughter, she'll live. And then he didn't, well, now watch this. And then when they came and reported that she was dead, he didn't add unbelief to his faith. He just, he just believed God's report. Amen? Peter, Peter walked on the water. Jesus didn't tell him, Peter, get out of the boat. Peter said, if that's you, bid me to come. What's he going to say? No, it's not me. He said, well, if that's where your faith is, big boy, jump out on the water. <laughs> i got to tell you, I have walked on the water before. Do y'all believe me? I really have. I was at Paul Milligan's house, and uh, Paul and Patsy Milligan, good friends of ours, some, most of, a lot of you know him, and uh, they're uh, board members of Andrew Womack, and, and they're also uh, we're elders of my church. And we were over at their house one time, and they've got one of these... Uh, They've got, one, they've got this swimming pool and they've got this piece of canvas during the winter that they put 
You ever seen any of those? And I mean, it's tightly wound and, and, and it blended in with the grout or, or the tile around the pool. And I'm, I'm grabbing my meal, you know, and I, I'm grabbing my meal and my drink. And so, and I, and I walked off into oblivion. Did you what? Did you see me do that, honey? I don't know if you saw. Anyway, did you? Were you there, Jessica? And you saw. And so I. And listen, here, here's here's the miracle. I stepped off into that thing, and all of a sudden, my feet started feeling wet. <laughs> <laughs> and I balanced my food and my drink, and I got right back on the on the on the edge. I I literally walked on the water. Hallelujah to Jesus. So don't tell me it can't be done. I'm surprised that that held my 200 and some pounds up. (laughs) Listen, guys, here's here's the point. God's looking for a response of faith in us in the midst of our storm and trial. You don't find out you don't find out when whether you're in faith when everything's going good. It's when the world opposes you. It's when people talk about you. You know what Jesus told us to do when people persecute us and talk about us? It's exactly the opposite of what we do. He said rejoice with exceeding great joy. That's what most of us do, don't we? Oh, I can't can you believe you pick up the phone, burn up the phone lines, talk bad back of Adam, you, you, you respond in kind. I can't believe so-and-so talked. Well, just believe it. You've done it. No, hang up the phone, respond in faith, and say, God, you're the one that will keep my reputation. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you that you love me. And it doesn't matter what anybody says about me. You say that about me. I know one time I was, you know, people wrote letters about us years ago. In our church, I know you can't imagine it now. It was they weren't good letters. I got a whole bunch of good letters on my birthday today, on Facebook. So, anyway, but I got some bad letters. I mean, they weren't good. They wrote them to everybody in town, everybody, you know, and um, and so I caught my, I found myself defending myself to myself. I didn't defend myself to everybody else. I didn't. I was, I was a good boy. But I was defending myself to myself. And, and, I, and I'm, you know, doing this. And, and all of a sudden, in fact, it was, it was here at Calvary Cathedral, except it was downtown. And, and I was in a service. And I was sitting there, you know, I was supposed to listen to the Word. And we're in the service. I'm defending myself to myself. And the, and the Holy Ghost ro- rose up and he said, uh, Whose father is saying that about you? I said, What? Whose father is saying that about you? And I said, well, I don't know. He said, well, it's not me. So you just, you walk on. And you praise me because that's not what I'm saying about you. I don't want you to rent any more mental space and time. Amen? And, uh, about that. Just, just walk on. So here, here's what we're, here, here's the point. Determined to make the faith choice. Do you remember when, how many of you were here when the tornado or double tornado hit? How many of you were here then? That's a testimony to the grace of God. You know, so many people are still here. But you know, you know what Pastor Bob and Joy's response were? We're going to come out with twice as much. 
Remember? You remember uh, the story about Andrew and Jamie Womack when their son Peter died? And he had heard a message that Pastor Bob actually preached at minister's conference the, uh, that, that uh, few, few months before. And I was there and he, when he was talking about let the uh, first reports, not the last report. I remember him preaching that, and that's what he got. And when, when he heard that report, he said, you know what? Well, the first report's not the last report. And then he started re rehearsing all the prophecies. In fact, Janice and I, uh, years before, Janice and I had spoken a, I'd spoken a prophetic word over, over Peter. And he said, well, that prophetic word hadn't come to pass yet, so you know what? My son's going to live and not die. And he's living today and gave him a grand, granddaughter. This year, just this year, we transitioned our church 24 years to a wonderful pastor, wonderful man of God. The church, by the way, is healthy. Things are going well. And we took over an African ministry, and, and seven weeks after we transitioned, I got fired. Pink slip, city. For, for, we'd never had an argument. We'd never had a crossword and it was basically because the guy that said he was going to ready, be ready to transition it to me wasn't ready especially after my efforts had brought success to the ministry now I'm sucking wind do you understand are you with me I'm tempted to do a lot of things you know what I did I shut my mouth praise God and called my pastor <laughs> and he said well Greg you just need to preach I've preached myself out of a lot of problems and, and he want, I mean this was Tuesday happened on a Monday this was Tuesday when we met he's wanting me to preach on Wednesday I said well could you give me till Sunday <laughs> get my emotions under control a little bit then it wasn't long after that he calls me on a Sunday morning 7.45 in the morning I'm a Decatur going through some level of depression, I'm sure, because I, was, I wasn't even sure I was going to be in church that, that morning. I was asleep. 7.45. It's a 45-minute drive. We still got, we got to get ready. He said, well, you know, I've been busy this week and things going on. Could you preach for me? And I'm in the natural. I'm depressed. I'm thinking, does God and pastor know what they're doing? <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's looking to see if someone has a response of faith. Before I could think, I said yes. And it was like I got here and it was like I was another man. And I'm telling you guys, listen, what the enemy is throwing at you, God has got an answer. And you know what, you know, listen, I'm telling you, he's got an answer. And the answer is faith. And we just said, I just said, you know, here's the deal. <clears throat> that man that fired me cannot, because God has given me a word. He said, <clears throat> he said, I've got a new assignment for you. I thought I was in it. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't. <clears throat> or at least it was just part. And I said, that man cannot stop me. No man can stop me from the word that God said. He, I've got a new assignment for you. Let me tell you something. I'm walking in it right now. 
I taught, I taught six courses here at Calvary Cathedral International, and it was the most a wonderful time of our lives. I taught six courses in this trimester at CBC, Karis Bible College, and to, you know, to 500 students. I mean, where I'm helping to oversee their, their missions, which is starting new Bible schools all over the world. It's awesome. And then they allow me to travel. I'm pinching myself. And then God gave my wife on her birthday the house of her dreams. Take that, Mr. Devil. I mean, we're in Woodland Park, Colorado. We're in the middle of the mountains. Most beautiful drive you ever see. We got, we got a, a, a walkout basement, raised ranch house in, in the middle of, you know, half a million dollar homes. Oh, Jesus, with a, <laughs> hallelujah. Is it nice, guys? Y'all been there? Is it nice? And it's got a, it's got a wraparound deck. You can see the mountains. I come home. I'm pinching myself. And I was considering suing and doing all kinds of other things. But I got news for you. What God's looking for when the enemy throws storms of life at you, kitchen sink at you, he's looking for faith. And faith got us to where we are. God said he had a new assignment. I would not have chosen that path. But it doesn't matter what path. The bottom line is this. What God said, you can only get there by responding in faith. Now, we felt all different kinds of ways. That's not the issue. I just don't give my feelings authority. Come here, Joel. Come here a second. Can you say hi to everybody? No. You know what this is here? What's that? Microphone? Okay. Can you tell them your name? Do you, well, who, can you tell them who I am? Who am I? You can't tell them? What's my name? Papa. Say it real loud. Pop-pop. Pop-pop. I'm her pop-pop. Isn't she precious? Isn't she awesome? You got a kiss for me? A little kiss. Awesome. Come here, Jeremiah. This is Jeremiah's third child. Jeremiah and Jessica's third child. Well, Jessica, you come up here too. If you, and um, about six months into Jessica's pregnancy, they, we got a bad report. Maybe it was earlier, was, but it was, we know at least six months. And I'll let him or them tell the story, but they said this little baby had club feet. In fact, one of the feet was turned around backwards. They were going to have to cut it off. I want to tell the story. That pretty much uh, <laughs> says it. We were in the... Uh the doctor's room and um, they had the nurse's assistant was looking at the sonogram and stepped out of the room for a second and brought another doctor in they came and looked at it and brought another doctor in and just stared at it forever and studied it and pulled us out of the room and 
said that she had club feet and you know we we weren't quite sure what that meant um but basically it's where your feet are they grow like this and so um you know you have a whole host of emotions and um so we began the whole process in the natural if we want to you know figure out how to fix it how to make it better and it involved contacting the Scottish Rite Hospital because there's no way that we, you know, we could even afford that kind of surgery in the process. Even today, she would still be in um, corrective casts. They were going to have to remove um, one, if not both, of her feet. I mean, disconnect them completely and, and put them back together. And her heel was attached to her ankle and just a whole invasive process. And over the course of time, hopefully, it was going to get better. So we began all this process. Well... Um, there was a church service that um, we had that night, um, and that day, two different people called my dad and said, "I just believe that we need to pray for someone's feet," and we hadn't we hadn't told anybody. And so um, our doctor um, just told me that you know Jeremiah, you and he was an elder in my dad's church, and said Jeremiah, you just need to take authority and believe in faith. And so, you know, I'm a pastor's son. I've um, grown up in faith, but it's a whole lot different when it's you. I mean, when you see other people and, you know, you can rejoice that other people have miracles and you can feel bad for people when they're in pain, but when it's you, man, it's a whole different issue. Because um, the reality hits. Now you've got to believe. So I just, I prayed that day and... Um, just something real simple. I didn't really know exactly what I was going to do or how I was going to say it, but God just spoke to me, and he said, you know, I love Joel more than you do. And so I just laid hands, and, you know, the tough part is she's still in the womb, so you don't know what's going to happen. And um, I just I said, in Jesus' name, I command you to be healed, and God, you love her more than I do, so you're going you're gonna to work this out. So skip forward to the day of birth. We... You know, we were prepared for the whole process. And um, our doctor, who's very, very even-killed guy, he doesn't react too much. He, you know, take her and put over and, and begin looking at her. And he begins jumping up and down and, and praising God. And I'm like, okay, what's wrong now? <laughs> and as you can see today, she's running and she's totally healed. Let's run. Let's run a little bit, Joel. Can you run with Pop Pop a little bit? Come on. Isn't this awesome? Hallelujah. Amen. And it, what that what the elder told them? Look, you've got authority over your daughter, and she's going to obey you, and her feet will obey you. And they came out. Listen, even six weeks before, they had sonograms that showed. Her, in fact, they've, they've still got the sonograms. One foot's turned backwards and the other one, they're way crooked. And, and, and they said she had club feet. Listen, look at her. Does she have club feet? No. Now, listen. Okay, if she'd have been born that way, then, man, we would have believed God and prayed and got the surgeries and so on. But look, God is looking for a response of faith. And if He'll do that, for their daughter, our granddaughter, he'll do it for your house. He'll do it in your life. Amen? 
Now this is a whole lot better than, than body casts and everything else and all that surgery. Amen? Praise God. Isn't she awesome? Isn't she beautiful? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Give them a good hand. Thank you, guys. I'm telling you, man, the Word of God works. I said the Word of God works. <laughs> what is your faith response to your trial and storm? Romans 8.31 What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against, against us? What things? Whatever is opposing you. Whatever is coming against you. Whatever is opposing the Word of God to you. What shall we say to these things? Well, I'll tell you what we're not going to say. We are perishing. We're not. Say, I'm not. I'm going to the other side. Whatever God says to me, that's what I say. Now, you may need to go in God's Word, and you may need to get a word if you don't have one already, but I'm telling you, God has a word for you. I said, God has a word for you. God has a word for you. Mary, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's going on in your family. I mean, I, I would hope everything's going well. But I know that I'm in my heart today want to tell you that, you that all you need is a revelation from God and God's got a word for you that's going to put you over for something you've been praying about that hasn't come to pass yet and God's got a word for you and all you need is respond in faith and that thing that looks like you can't, there's no way over, no way around it, no way through. Respond in faith. God's got a word for you. He's hidden it from me but He's hidden it for you. And when you get it, you speak it, and it'll put you over. Amen? Amen? Praise God. David and Janet, God's got kingdom strategies that He's going to birth in you. He's going to download in you. That's going to show you how to market the Bible school in ways that's never been marketed before. He's going to send helpers to come help you. And it, I know part of it has to do with something about, about the website and, do, and using, using online and website in greater measures. But you're going to, God's going to give you strategies. He's going to send, you, and, and you, can't, you can't disclaim it because, or excuse yourself because you're, you're like me, a technological immigrant. God is going to download in you God's going to download in you and, and impart and there may even be someone here who's got a gift that will, will serve but it's, it's going to release a marketing grace to get the word out because there are people that need this school and I'm just speaking over you guys you've got that grace and God's giving you a word and that word will put you over amen amen Robert and Pam uh, the Lord is, is expanding your ministry exponentially. And I don't know if it's curriculum you're writing. I'm not sure what it is or if it's training other uh, children's ministries. But I just see the Lord expanding your ministry and your influence. Where, and I do see you training other people. 
And, God, and, and you're going to train people to, to do children's ministry with excellence where they're getting the Word of God and the move of the Spirit. And God's going to use you and expand that. And there'll, and there'll be some things that He shows you too about how to market that, how to get that out, how to get the Word out. Uh, you're not going out, but God, you're not going away from here, but you will be going out and training others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Listen, guys, no matter what you're going through, God's got a word for you. And, I, and what we're going through, the victory that we're go, the victory, and in the midst of what we're going through, God's looking for a faith response. Amen? If you can believe God for your eternal security, <laughs> believe you're going to heaven and you haven't even seen the place, then you can surely believe him through a temporary storm in life. One of my favorite passages of scripture, a little bit out of context, but I like it anyway, it came to pass. And it came to pass. You ever seen that in the word? And it came to pass. Didn't come to stay, it came to pass. I'll just give you one that's not out of context, says the same thing, 2 Corinthians 4.18. Could you show it up there? While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, the things that God speaks. For the things which are seen are temporary, the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now one more verse. One more verse. We'll just say that with me. It came to pass. My storm came to pass. It didn't come to stay. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to the other side. Now one verse and we're done. Is this okay this morning? Luke chapter 8. Look at Luke chapter 8. Remember we, we, we read that already? About the wind and the waves and Jesus asking where's their faith. Now let me show you the other side. How many of you want to see what's the other side? What's on the other side? Verse 26 and verse 27. And they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes which is opposite Galilee, and when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time, and he wore no clothes. And you know the rest of the story. On the other side are brand new ministry opportunities, brand new open doors, brand, stronger anointing, greater power, greater release of authority. There was a man held by demons for a long time. And there are people waiting on the other side of your storm for you to get there. But you'll never get there if you don't respond in faith. But I'm saying you'll get there because you will respond in faith. You will get this message. Faith is your victory. And you're going to get to the other side. And let me tell you something. It's not just all about you. There are people waiting to be set free. There are people waiting for the word that you have. There are people waiting for the testimony that you have. You guys need to write a book about what God did. Let's lift our hands and thank Him. Faith is our victory. And we're going to the other side. Say, I'm going to the other side. And I will respond in faith. If I can believe God for heaven, and I've never seen it, and how much easier 
Is it to believe God to get through a temporary storm? Amen? Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, if you're here today,